To the Doc Bryant Show. I am your host, Doc Bryant. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right, today, in this particular episode, we have a compilation of one of my very, very favorite pastimes twit hunting. In twit hunting, I answer uh, various tweets that various twits put out on the internet. The hunting ground that I usually uh, occupy is Twitter, although sometimes you might find me far afield in other social media. But in this particular case, all of the twits actually come from Twitter. So sit back. I hope you enjoy this compilation. Once again, thanks for listening, and I will talk to you all later. Bye. So... His premise right off the bat is a lie. That alone means that you can disregard the rest of his argument. Just the fact that the premise of his argument is a lie means that you can disregard the rest of his argument. If the premise of an argument is fallacious, you may throw out the conclusion of the argument. So we really don't have to go any further than that. What really happened is that Mike Pence very publicly handed over classified documents that he was in possession of. And by making it public, he did that for a reason, by the way. The reason that he did that is because he wanted to give the impression that former vice presidents being in possession of classified documentation is not unusual at all. He did it publicly so that people would come to the very conclusion that Scott Dworkin, who I am going to now refer to as Scott Dorkin, 
is making here, that the Republican BS attack against Biden is destroyed. Okay. Now, first of all, going along with the Pence came out publicly and said that he had these and he turned them over. It is my understanding, excuse me, that it is my understanding that the reason that Pence was in possession of these documents was to write his book that he had or that the National Archives or whomever needed to have knowledge of his possession of these documents, did indeed have knowledge of his. He had permission to have these documents so that he could write his memoirs, write his book. Okay. Joe Biden is claiming that he did not have knowledge that he had these documents. So he certainly wasn't using them to write his memoirs especially because Joe Biden can't remember what he did five minutes ago because he is demented. So that's not going to wash. Second of all, there is no way that somebody would not know that they were in possession of classified documents unless those classified documents were planted. And that's a discussion for another day. So Joe Biden is lying. And the documents that Joe Biden was in possession of just happened to be regarding countries and subject matter that were relevant to Hunter Biden's business dealings like China, like Ukraine. And of course, as we know, Hunter Biden's business dealings resulted in money going to the big guy. And we know the big guy is Joe Biden. I still maintain that every single Republican out there needs to be referring to Joe Biden as the big guy. They need to hammer this home, this message home, the same way that Democrats hammer messages like these home. Except in this particular case, that message is a fact. Now, the concept that the whole Republican BS attack line on President Biden, this isn't a Republican attack line. That's the next thing. This isn't a Republican attack line. In reality, what is going on is the Democrats, the Democrat Party, the highest ranking of the Democrats, know that Joe Biden is a political liability. They've known that from the beginning. They have planned to get rid of him from the beginning. And the Democrat Party, like other cults, like Scientology, 
keep very close tabs on the sins of their members so that if those members become uh, inconvenient, they can use those sins against them to get rid of them. And that is what is happening here. Joe Biden was making noise that he was planning on running again in 2024, and he believed it. And the Democrats do not want him to do that. So initially, they fired a shot across his bow. And now, they are ratcheting things up. Letting him know, Joe... And I think, honestly, I think what they want him to do now is to, to, to step down. Joe, if you do not step down for health reasons, we're going to make sure that you are prosecuted. An impeachment now against Joe Biden would mean absolutely nothing. And it wouldn't go anywhere in the Senate anyway. More than likely. I mean, Joe Biden could molest a five-year-old on the lawn of the White House and put a bullet in the back of their head, and he still wouldn't be impeached for it. It still wouldn't make it through the Senate. So they would have to criminally bring charges against him or threaten him with charges via this uh, special uh, prosecutor person special counsel, that, by the way, is being brought against him by his own Department of Justice. So how is this a Republican thing? It's not. But they still need to make noise as if that's the case, because they can make political hay out of this either way. And that's what they're doing here. That's what this guy is doing here. Either that, or he is not high enough, uh, highly enough placed within the media establishment to know what's actually going on. And that's a possibility as well. I mean, they, they, need, they do need useful idiots in the media, and this guy could be a useful idiot in the media. But anyway, the concept that just because Mike Pence did it, let's say, let's say that Mike Pence was not aware that he had these classified documents. The very concept that, oh, Biden should be able to get away with it then. Because Mike Pence had classified documents and he didn't know about it. So it must be okay. It's not. In a case like that, what you do is then you go after both of them. Just because one side does it doesn't mean the other side can do it too. If it's against the law, it's against the law no matter who does it. This is them trying to create the narrative that a two-tiered justice system is justified. It is not. If I had possession of classified documents in my home, I would be arrested, I would be tried, I would be convicted, and I would be thrown under the jail. The same thing should happen to anybody who possesses, illegally possesses, top-secret, compartmentalized, classified documentation. And if Mike Pence illegally had possession, 
of those documents, he should be prosecuted too. Do not accept the idea that there should be a two-tiered justice system, one for us and one for the ruling class. It doesn't work that way in the United States. And that's really what this guy is getting at. Oh, because because one side did it, the other side did it. Or the other side can do it. No, no, no. If they were both breaking the law, you go after both of them. Both of them should go to jail. Doesn't matter who they are. Doesn't matter what kind of power they once wielded. Doesn't matter how rich they are. It doesn't matter how well-connected they are. They should go to jail. Period. End of sentence. If you like what you heard, please hit the like and subscribe button and hit the notification button so that you might know when I post other stuff. Thank you for listening, and I will talk to you all later. After both of them, just because one side does it doesn't mean the other side can do it too. If it's against the law, it's against the law no matter who does it. This is them trying to create the narrative that a two-tiered justice system is justified. It is not. If I had possession of classified documents in my home, I would be arrested, I would be tried, I would be convicted, and I would be thrown under the jail. The same thing should happen to anybody who possesses, illegally possesses, top-secret, compartmentalized, classified documentation. And if Mike Pence illegally had possession of those documents, he should be prosecuted, too. Do not accept the idea that there should be a two-tiered justice system, one for us and one for the ruling class. It doesn't work that way in the United States. And that's really what this guy is getting at. Oh, because because one side did it, the other side did it. Or the other side can do it. No, no, no. If they were both breaking the law, you go after both of them. Both of them should go to jail. Doesn't matter who they are. Doesn't matter what kind of power they once wielded. Doesn't matter how rich they are. It doesn't matter how well-connected they are. They should go to jail. Period. End of sentence. If you like what you heard, please hit the like and subscribe button and hit the notification button so that you might know when I post other stuff. Thank you for listening, and I will talk to you all later the filibuster because if he can end the filibuster if if the if the democrats end the filibuster in the senate which they won't they won't be able to do but if if they could then he is saying that they could ram through by simple majority any piece of legislation they wanted to doesn't matter if it's gun control he's more probably concerned about spending um, 
So that's probably his central point in this. He wants to end the filibuster because he knows gun control isn't going to pass regardless because you've got you've still got democrats who are afraid of their constituency you've got democrats in the senate who have states that voted for trump who have rural states where firearms are simply a way of life and are necessary. So I don't think his central point is actually gun control. I think he wants the filibuster. Now, he's still pushing the gun control thing, but he knows that gun control is a losing issue for the Democrats. The Democrats know that it's a losing issue. The only way that they would be able to get gun control in the United States is to try to force it down the people's throats. And there are so many guns and so many gun owners in the United States that that will simply never happen. It simply will never happen. It is not a realistic expectation. But to address the gun control issue, next thing is, let's say that they did exactly what Robert wants them to do. They get rid of the filibuster. They pass gun control. It will get struck down almost instantaneously by the Supreme Court, just like the assault weapons ban. And just like the, the ATF just recently passed a uh, pistol brace ban, one of the most pointless pointless things the ATF has ever done. Most things, the, the, the ATF is a pointless agency in and of itself. It has no reason to exist. Um, and, and the pistol brace ban is going, it's going to get struck down by the Supreme Court. As a matter of fact, things are getting so close to the entire uh, uh, National Firearms Act getting struck down. Right now, the Supreme Court is like breaking it down in pieces and pieces and pieces and slowly falling apart. But eventually, the whole NFA is going to go away. One way or the other. And when it does, the ATF is not going to have a reason to exist at all. All of their powers will be gone. So that's that's another point. But even more, and, and these are just things that have to be repeated because the left, they're repeating lies, so we have to repeat the truth. We can't just let them get away with it. So no human being in all of recorded history ever has been killed by a gun. Never once. Never in all of history. You know why? Because guns cannot act alone. Guns are inanimate objects and by definition 
They can't move by themselves. Somebody has to pick them up. Somebody has to point them. Somebody has to pull the trigger, Alec Baldwin. Guns don't just go around shooting people. Cars do not drive drunk. Inanimate objects are incapable of harming people of their own volition because they do not have wills of their own. To quote Arlie Ermey from Full Metal Jacket, it is a hard heart that kills. It is an evil intent that kills. A weapon, be it a car or a gun or a knife or a baseball bat or a sword, cannot have intentions because they are inanimate. Oh, but they were designed to kill, to be weapons of war. It doesn't matter what they were designed for. Go to any museum, any museum of history where they have medieval torture devices. And those torture devices are not evil in and of themselves. They were designed to do evil things. But they're just sitting there in a museum, not doing anything. Those devices are not evil. Inanimate objects do not have moral value in and of themselves. Only the individual wielding an item can have moral value or can have actions of moral value or intentions of moral value. The object cannot. So it doesn't matter what they were designed for. It doesn't matter how many of them there are. There are billions more knives in the United States than there are guns. And nobody's calling for knife control. Although they did do that in the UK, which just goes to show how stupid this entire concept is. Blaming the item and not the person. So, the gun control debate, it really is over. It's never going to happen in the United States. As a matter of fact, what's happening in, in Illinois right now is proof of that. The Illinois legislature passed an a blatantly illegal bill about quote-unquote assault weapons, which there's no such thing. It was signed illegally into law by the governor. And then 90... Sheriffs of the 102 counties in Illinois have stated unequivocally 
that they will a not enforce the law b not allow anyone to be detained in their jails based on that law and c arrest anybody attempting to enforce the law within their counties sheriffs ladies and gentlemen are the final line of defense in the united states god bless our sheriffs all right that was our last twit here for mr robert b reich stand by for our next one the romanization the use of the roman alphabet uh to to describe the sounds of japanese um but as, as far as the Japanese writing, you've got katakana, hiragana, and kanji. There is a separation between those things which are Japanese and those things which are not Japanese. Um, there are concepts, uh, or even more specifically, like the term uh, like Coca-Cola. All right. Um, they, they don't have, a, there's no Japanese term for any kind of soft drink because soft drinks didn't exist at the beginning, you know, and throughout most of Jap uh, Japanese history. So they, they, uh, their pronunciation Japanifies it into Kokurokora. Kokurokora. Um, but, but there's, there's this separation. They they do, they they don't invent new words for stuff, okay. In in Japanese, there the meanings of Japanese words are the meanings of Japanese words. That's it. That's all. Nothing else. Similar to French, okay. And where in France, I kid you not, there is an entire department of their government to decide what words can officially be allowed into the French language. They vote on this stuff. Not kidding. Then there's English. We make up new words all the time. Constantly. But the reason we make up new words is to identify new concepts. This is not to say, well, I, I guess over time, sometimes words do change meaning. Uh, most unfortunately, the term gay used to mean happy, joyous, and now it means homosexual. But words still mean things, and words have to mean things, otherwise language is pointless in and of itself. And deconstruction, which is the linguistic philosophy to which the left adheres, is that words can mean anything I want them to mean at any given time. And the same word that I use five minutes ago might not mean what I want it to mean right now which is why they're so good at lying. 
So when we have guys, and again, like I said, I like the way Robert B. Reich writes, but he's a liar. He's a liar. And here he states that 39 mass shootings in America in the first three weeks of 2023. Well, I guess that depends on how one would define mass shooting. What does he mean by mass shooting? And, you know, what, what is his definition of mass shooting? So I can't take that... Uh, I can't take that statement as as truthful because I don't know what he means by mass shooting. There's no legal definition of mass shooting. A mass shooting could be any shooting in which there are two or more victims. So what I'm thinking here is the best way to characterize what he means, what the left means when they say mass shooting, is the same thing that they mean when they say assault weapon. It's just a term used to to invoke an emotional response. It doesn't have any specific concrete meaning. They use it to invoke an emotional response. The same thing with the terms white supremacy or racism or uh, homophobia or transphobia. None of these words have any specific definitions. Matter of fact, the left doesn't want them to have any specific definitions. They only want the emotional response that the terms invoke. And what that ultimately means is that first statement that he makes right there means nothing. Could be 39, could be 12, could be one. We don't know. Because we don't know what he means by mass shooting. That's point one. The next thing seems to be rather incongruous. And, and this was actually, for, for Robert Reich, this was a very sloppy, I'm not going to say sloppy, but it was an awkward segue. It, it's almost to the point of being a non sequitur. A non sequitur is a, is a uh, logical fallacy in which the initial statement does not really make sense for the conclusion you're trying to make. In this case, he's saying, end the filibuster, pass gun control now. Um, his central point for this isn't really about gun control. It's about ending the filibuster because if he can end the filibuster, if, if the if the Democrats end the filibuster in the Senate, which they won't they won't be able to do. But if if they could, then he is saying that they could ram through by simple majority any piece of legislation they wanted to. Doesn't matter if it's gun control. He's more probably concerned about spending. Um, so that's probably his central point in this. He wants to end the filibuster because he knows gun control isn't going to pass regardless because you've got you've still got Democrats 
who are afraid of their constituency. You've got Democrats in the Senate who have states that voted for Trump, who have rural states where firearms are simply a way of life and are necessary. So I don't think his central point is actually gun control. I think he wants the filibuster. Now, he's still pushing the gun control thing, but he knows that gun control is a losing issue for the Democrats. The Democrats know that it's a losing issue. The only way that they would be able to get gun control in the United States is to try to force it down the people's throats. And there are so many guns and so many gun owners in the United States that that will simply never happen. It simply will never happen. It is not a realistic expectation. But to address the gun control issue, next thing is, let's say that they did exactly what Robert wants them to do. They get rid of the filibuster, they pass gun control, it will get struck down almost instantaneously by the Supreme Court, just like the assault weapons ban. And just like the, the ATF just recently passed a uh, pistol brace ban, one of the most pointless, pointless things the ATF has ever done. Most things, the, the, the ATF is a pointless agency in and of itself. It has no reason to exist. Um, and, and the pistol brace ban is going, it's going to get struck down by the Supreme Court. As a matter of fact, things are getting so close to the entire, uh, uh, National Firearms Act getting struck down. Right now, the Supreme Court is like breaking it down in pieces and pieces and pieces and slowly falling apart. But eventually, the whole NFA is going to go away. One way or the other. And when it does, the ATF is not going to have a reason to exist at all. All of their powers will be gone. So that's that's another point, but even more, and, and these are just things that have to be repeated because the left, they're repeating lies, so we have to repeat the truth. We can't just let them get away with it. So no human being in all of recorded history ever has been killed by a gun. Never once. Never in all of history. You know why? Because guns cannot act alone. Guns are inanimate objects, and by definition, they can't move by themselves. Somebody has to pick them up. Somebody has to point them. Somebody has to pull the trigger, Alec Baldwin. Guns don't just go around shooting people. Cars do not drive drunk. 
inanimate objects are incapable of harming people of their own volition because they do not have wills of their own. To quote Arlie Ermey from Full Metal Jacket, it is a hard heart that kills. It is an evil intent that kills. A weapon, be it a car or a gun or a knife or a baseball bat or a sword, cannot have intentions because they are inanimate. Oh, but they were designed to kill, to be weapons of war. It doesn't matter what they were designed for. Go to any museum, any museum of history where they have medieval torture devices. And those torture devices are not evil in and of themselves. They were designed to do evil things, but they're just sitting there in a museum not doing anything. Those devices are not evil. Inanimate objects do not have moral value in and of themselves. Only the individual wielding an item can have moral value or can have actions of moral value or intentions of moral value. The object cannot. So it doesn't matter what they were designed for. It doesn't matter how many of them there are. There are billions more knives in the United States than there are guns. And nobody's calling for knife control. Although they did do that in the UK, which just goes to show how stupid this entire concept is. Blaming the item and not the person. So, the gun control debate, it really is over. It's never going to happen in the United States. As a matter of fact, what's happening in, in Illinois right now is proof of that. The Illinois legislature passed an a blatantly illegal bill about quote-unquote assault weapons, which there's no such thing. It was signed illegally into law by the governor. And then 90 sheriffs of the 102 counties in Illinois have stated unequivocally that they will A, not enforce the law, B, not allow anyone to be detained in their jails based on that law, and C, arrest anybody attempting to enforce the law within their counties. Sheriffs, ladies and gentlemen, are the final line of defense in the United States. God 
bless our sheriffs. All right, that was our last twit here for Mr. Robert B. Reich. Stand by for our next one. Okay, next up on twit hunting, we have once again one of my favorites, Robert Beauregard Reich. He says, on oh, his Twitter handle, by the way, is at R.B. Reich, that's R-E-I-C-H, for Twitter. He says, let's be clear. If we allow a former president to completely avoid accountability for inciting an insurrection against the U.S. government, we will be inviting it to happen all over again. Prosecute Donald Trump. All right, let's start our analysis of this. First thing I want you to know, and I saw this, uh, this was uh, an, uh, some kind of publication. I don't remember what it was. Uh, if I read it, I think I read it somewhere, but uh, it, was, it was from a former uh, DIA spy hunter. For those of you who do not know, the DIA is the Defense Intelligence Agency. And this uh, DIA agent was a, uh, or I should say operative or officer, DIA officer, was a counterintelligence officer. He was a spy hunter, and he frequently debriefed uh, suspected spies. And he uh, wrote this article on uh, various ways to detect deception. And actually, I can't remember if it was an article or if it was on YouTube, a video I saw. But anyway, one of the ways to detect deception is prefacing a prefacing statement that the person has no intention of deception. Like saying, well, I wouldn't lie to you, or I'm not going to lie, or something along those lines. Or to be honest, if they preface their statement with something like that, then more than likely what they're about to tell you is a lie. Now, I don't know if anybody else has noticed, but lately, since the beginning of the Biden administration, is that's when I noticed it. The spokespeople for the Biden regime have been using a particular word so frequently that if you made it a drinking game to drink every time you heard a spokesperson from the White House say this word, you would be hammered before the end of their speech. And that word is clear. It's been used a lot on Twitter as well. Uh, the, the White House press secretary, and I, I cannot remember her name for the life of me, um, but she uses this word constantly. So if you are a person who plays drinking games, if you are a person who drinks and plays drinking games, play this drinking game. 
watch her announcements. And every time she says the word clear, take a drink. I promise you will be hammered within like 10 minutes, half an hour at the most. So they've been using this word clear a lot. And here we have Robert B. Reich using it. Let's be clear. Okay, that is an indicator from him that the next statement is deceptive. And it is. Now let's take a look how. He does not outright state that Donald Trump incited an insurrection against the U.S. government. He doesn't state that because he can't. And he can't state it because Donald Trump didn't incite an insurrection. And he knows it. A second reason that he doesn't state it is because he realizes that if he does, he is opening himself up for a lawsuit. And Donald Trump has zero problem suing people, folks. And Robert B. Reich is a very rich man and would like to stay that way. So, what he does say, what he does do, is he creates a straw man. Okay, he creates an argument based on a non-existent situation. How do I know it is non-existent? Because, ladies and gentlemen, the FBI, after investigating what happened on January 6th, determined that it was not, by the legal definition of the criminal code of the United States, an insurrection. That's why the FBI hasn't arrested anybody on it as insurrectionists. All of the arrests have been on other minor charges. And that's a discussion for another time. What Reich does say is if we allow, if, if, so he doesn't state Donald Trump incited a riot. He says, if we allow a former president, not Donald Trump, just any old former president, perhaps Andrew Jackson, you know, perhaps Woodrow Wilson. But I'm not saying Donald Trump. To completely avoid accountability for inciting an insurrection, an insurrection that did not exist per the FBI's investigation, against the U.S. government, we will be inviting it to happen all over again. So that last part, we will be inviting it to happen all over again, is bolstering the concept that it happened in the first place. So the first part of the statement, he is lying about it happening. And then he is using a bolstering statement afterwards to support the concept that it happened, to support his lie. 
Then he makes a completely unrelated statement, an imperative statement, prosecute Donald Trump. Now, he could make the argument in a court of law that those are two unrelated, separate statements, and he would be able to get away with that in a court of law, because there is no language in that statement that directly links Donald Trump to the initial statement. And that's why he phrased it that way. But it still gives the impression to the average Joe reading that, that that's what he means. This is a, this is a tactic that is frequently used in TV advertising, or advertising of any kind, really. This is actually, that's actually how I got interested in detecting deception, is by studying advertising. TV advertising, radio advertising especially. That's, that's how I got interested in the subject of detecting deception. And that's how he is trying to deceive us here. So, an insurrection never happened. It is a fact, 100% fact, that the FBI investigated January 6th and concluded in their investigation that it did not meet the definition of insurrection per U.S. code. So what what Reich here is doing, and, and I, I responded to him that if, if he did it, go get him. Democrats are in control of the DOJ. Absolutely nobody is standing in their way of prosecuting Donald Trump for insurrection. But they don't want that. That's not what they want. They know that they can't get away with it. As a matter of fact, Donald Trump would love, would love for them to come after him on this. But they won't do it. Because they know they would get crushed in court. And Donald Trump and his defense team would be privy to um, discovery. And they would be able to produce a bunch of evidence that the Democrats don't want to come out about what really happened on January 6th. So all they're doing is they're just saying, making statements like this, innocuous statements like this, to keep the concept of an insurrection alive in the minds of the voting public. So there you go, folks. Yet another twit dropped by my sharp analysis. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please hit the like and subscribe button and hit the notification button so that you can find out when I send out more 
content like this. Once again, thank you for listening, and I will talk to you all later. Okay, the next twit that we have on our list is one Senator Elizabeth Warren. This is on her personal, this is from her personal account here, um, at E. Warren. It's W-A-R-R-E-N. And she says, the G-O, oh, I'm sorry, if Republicans hadn't spent nearly $2 trillion on the Trump tax cuts, and if they hadn't made it easier for rich people to cheat on their taxes, the U.S. wouldn't need a debt ceiling increase this year or next year. Ah, so much in this one. So much in this one that we're going to get into. First of all, first of all, if Republicans hadn't spent nearly $2 trillion on the Trump tax cuts, notice again, the reframing of reality to create a false narrative. Ladies and gentlemen, tax cuts are not spending. I want to say this again. Tax cuts are not spending. Spending is when you give money or something of value in return for something of value. When you buy something, okay, that is spending. Specifically, we are talking about money here. What she means by spending, and this is rather telling, this is, this is rather telling of her philosophy. Her philosophy is that all of the money in the United States belongs to the government. Therefore, in her philosophy, allowing the people to keep more money is tantamount to spending because it is taking money away from the government. Taking money away from her. God forbid that the American people use their money the way that they see fit. In reality, ladies and gentlemen, in reality, in the United States, the money belongs, just like the power, belongs to we, the people. Oh, but Doc, I can look on a dollar bill or a coin and it says that it's U.S. Uh, uh, tender and it belongs to the United States. Yes, 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 that is correct. But who rules the United States? It's not the government. This is another major uh, fallacy that the left would have you believe. The United States is not ruled by the government. It is not ruled by the government. I want to say that one more time. It is not ruled by the government. The United States is ruled 
by we, the people. We, the people, are the rulers of the United States of America. Those in the government work for us. We do not work for them. Elizabeth Warren, along with the rest of the left in the Democrat Party, in the establishment Republicans, and the World Economic Forum, and, and all of these other globalist organizations are trying to create a paradigm of and a government of neo-feudalism, where we, the people, work and provide them with wealth and power that we are basically slaves. They want to reintroduce... Neo, uh, some people call it neo-feudalism, I call it neo-slavery. They want to reintroduce slavery with them at the top. That is the philosophy, that is, that is the paradigm from which Elizabeth Warren is tweeting this foolishness. It is not spending to allow we the people to have more of our own money that we earned. She didn't earn any of that money. The United In the United States, no man may be deprived of life, liberty, or property, which is money, among other things, without due process of law. That means a courtroom trial. It certainly does not mean some senator, some eternally elected senator deciding from on high that she deserves our money. That is not due process of law. A legislature passing a law that says that they own all of our money is not due process of law. As a matter of fact, as described in the Declaration of Independence, it is destructive of the inalienable rights that we, the people, have been granted by God. And then goes on to discuss remedies when a government becomes destructive of those things. Next thing she says is, uh, and if they hadn't made it easier for rich people to cheat on their taxes, ladies and gentlemen, here is another reframing to create a false narrative. If the law says that you are allowed to take certain tax shelters and you take those tax shelters in order to avoid losing your money to people like Elizabeth Warren, that is not cheating. It is within the law. That's not cheating. It is not cheating. She says it's cheating because, again, it is depriving the government, i.e. her, of more power and money. So it's cheating. You're taking more money away from the government. And I am the government. 
You're stealing from me. That's cheating. It's not cheating if it is in the law. This, by the way, is a direct response to the fact that the left finally, illegally, got a hold of President Trump's tax records. This has got to be, by the way, the biggest troll, the biggest political troll in all of history. Trump knew there was nothing in there, and he has been dragging them along for five years. And it's glorious that they finally got it. And I'm guys like uh, Rob Reiner tweeting, oh, we've got him now. He's going to prison now. We've got him now. And then it's a big nothing burger. Everything's above board. Everything's legal. And he, he just, he used the laws that existed to get him tax cuts. That's not cheating. But that's what, that's what this is specifically aimed at. That's what that's what her tweet is specifically aimed at, as the fact that that darn it, Trump got away with following the law. The U.S. wouldn't need a debt ceiling increase this year. And there was there was another either congressman or senator. I can't remember if it was Adam Schiff or some, some other idiot. Uh, or I don't know if they're idiots, but they're corrupt. Some other filthy, corrupt low-life politician uh, stated uh, something similar to this and, and stated that just because we increase the debt ceiling doesn't mean we're going to spend the money. Yes, it does. It absolutely. Then, then why increase the debt ceiling? If you're not going to spend the money, why are you trying to increase the debt ceiling? And then other people are saying, well, we'll default on our loans. So wait a minute. You're saying that the remedy to fixing our debt problem is by spending more money, by borrowing more money. So by borrowing more money, we are going to fix our debt problem? Ladies and gentlemen, don't let them fool you into saying, don't let them fool you by their saying that macroeconomics, the macroeconomics of government is different than the microeconomics of, of how you manage your home finances. It's not. It's not more complicated. It is absolutely not. Anybody who says it is, is a liar. And the reason that they are saying that, the reason that they are lying, is because they want to get away with stuff that you could not get away with economically. They are spending money that they do not have. If, if, if they won't spend the money that they get by increasing the debt ceiling, then why bother increasing the debt ceiling at all? Just because we increase the debt ceiling doesn't mean we're going to spend it. Then why why increase the debt ceiling then? If you're not going to spend it, you don't need the money. But the very fact is, every single time, every single time, every single time in history that they have increased the debt ceiling, guess what? They spent the money. So not only is Elizabeth Warren 
and the filthy thieves like her, both Democrat and Republican, not only are they thieves but and, and spending money, do they think that your money is their money, but they want to borrow more money that you have to pay for. So they're using the money that you have now, and they're using all the money that you're going to make in the future. If that's not slavery, if that's not thievery, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what is. And then notice here, she tags it out. I can't believe she did this. She tags it out with, or next year. So she's already planning on increasing the debt ceiling next year, too. Now, this is what I want you to watch. I said this in my last, uh, I've said this in my last couple of podcasts, actually. The thing to watch in this new House of Representatives, and, and, and this is why I didn't want everybody getting all, it's, oh, the Republicans are in charge of the House of Representatives. Yay, it's a victory. We didn't know. Uh-uh. No. This is what we're watching right here. This is the first battle right here that we are watching to find out whether the Republicans in the House are serious or not and whether it really makes a difference, whether this was really a victory in the House of Representatives. This debt ceiling situation right here if the Republicans cave, because no spending bills, no bills to do anything to do with money can originate from the Senate. They have to originate from the House. So this increase in the debt ceiling can't go anywhere if it doesn't start in the House. Now, if, and this is a Big freaking if, ladies and gentlemen. If the Republicans under Kevin McCarthy, the joke of a speaker, the joke of a man, Kevin McCarthy, the cuckold to corrupt thieves, Kevin McCarthy, the man with no balls, Kevin McCarthy, if they hold their ground and do not allow a debt ceiling increase, then and only then do we have even a smidgen of a reason to be optimistic about the Republicans holding the House. But if, as I suspect will happen, the cuckold, gutless, squish Kevin McCarthy allows the debt ceiling to be increased for whatever reason, then we've got nothing to celebrate at all. It's as if the Democrats are still in charge. There will, there's no difference. The only thing that will, the, the thing that's happening and has happened in the past 
is that they make a big show on Twitter, on TV, on the radio, in the newspapers, as if there's a battle going on between the Republicans and the Democrats. It's all political theater. Maybe McCarthy will hold out until he is bribed well enough by the Democrats to give in, to concede, to compromise our money and our values. That's what's going on. He'll hold out until he gets paid off enough. And then once he gets paid off enough, like the criminal that he is, he will allow the debt ceiling to be raised. The only thing that he has to look out for at this point, however, and I believe the only reason that he would potentially hold off is because he knows that he could very easily get voted out as Speaker of the House. All it takes is one single person to call for a no-confidence vote against him. And Matt Gates, I'm sure, is just waiting to be the one to raise that. But we'll see. We'll see. But anyway, don't... That's the breakdown of how the left is reframing the narrative into a fallacy. And they're, they're trying to, again, frame the narrative that all of the money in the United States belongs to them. It does not. It is not their money, ladies and gentlemen. Time for some twit hunting, folks. Welcome to the Doc Bryant Show. I am your host, Doc Bryant, and we haven't done twit hunting in a while, so we are going to start again. Today, we start out the day with a tweet from a blue check mark. Don't know why. Never heard of this guy. Name is Joe Walsh. No, not that Joe Walsh from the Eagles. Just Joe Walsh. Never heard of him. His handle is at Walsh Freedom, which is ironic because this guy is a flaming leftist. And the last thing leftists believe in is freedom, except, of course, for them. So here we have the tweet from Joe Walsh. He says he has three points, three bullet points here. Bullet point number one, and I guess we'll take them one at a time. Do I believe Biden knew he had classified documents in his home? Next bullet point. Do I believe Pence knew he had classified documents in his home? No. Third bullet point. Do I believe Trump knew he had classified documents in his home? Yes. Okay. First thing. Very first thing. What somebody believes 
means absolutely nothing. What I personally believe means absolutely nothing. What you personally believe means absolutely nothing and definitely what Joe Walsh believes means absolutely nothing. It means nothing. What you believe means absolutely nothing unless what you believe is rooted in the truth. If it is rooted in reality, in fact. So, what he believes, what I believe, what you believe, doesn't matter, means nothing, and certainly means even less to me. All right? So, don't care what you think, Joe. Don't care what you believe. Next, I want you to watch how this is worded, because what they are doing here, and, and I think every one of the, the twits that I am going to be discussing today, each have in them a kernel of the, the purpose of them is to reshape the narrative in the public eye. This was not tweeted out accidentally. This is not tweeted out of his own accord. He didn't just decide to tweet this out. He has been told to tweet this out, what to tweet and how to tweet it. This is the way the left works. They say, this is how we are going to shape the narrative in the public eye. This is how we're going to do it. And uh, the, the way that they used to do it was through the newspapers. After the newspapers, they did it on radio. After radio and newspapers, they did it on TV. And after radios, newspapers, and TV, they did it on the internet. They specifically design what they are going to say for mass consumption. And they are all in lockstep, or appear to be in lockstep. The difference is that when you have all of these different people tweeting similar or the same things, especially if they're tweeting the exact same things, they are not independent thinkers. They have been told what to say. These are not their thoughts. These people are incapable of rational, independent thought. These people are told what to say, they're told what to believe, and then they, they tweet it out because they are told to tweet it out because now the public forum du jour is Twitter. Now, Twitter is has been liberated to a certain extent, but this is where people people aren't watching CNN, people are not watching MSNBC. Their ratings are, are through they're, they're bottomed out almost. They're through the floor and getting worse all the time. And and I even doubt the the ratings that they say that they have. And the left knows that nobody is watching those propaganda outlets. So the only major propaganda outlet they had left was Twitter, which is why they put up such a huge fight against Elon Musk in purchasing Twitter, because that was their last propaganda outlet. 
the last one that they completely controlled. So all of these tweets, their purpose is not to express the independent thoughts of the individuals tweeting them. Their purpose is to inundate Twitter with a narrative. And so we'll get into this narrative right here. And this narrative is very easy to point out. Notice Biden knew, Pence knew, Trump knew. As if that was the central point of the argument. That is not the central point of the argument. Knowing whether or not you have classified documents in your possession is not the knowing whether or not they had classified documents is not the central point. If a vice president of the United States has top secret compartmentalized documentation in his possession in any way without specific permission, they have broken the law. And there is no way, absolutely, un you have to understand the way that, that these, these kinds of items are handled. There is zero way that these two former vice presidents did not know. That's like not knowing you have a Lamborghini in your garage. It is impossible not to know that, unless, of course, it was planted. That's the only way that you would not know that. And we can get into that discussion later. But whether or not they know, whether or not they knew, is not the central point. Mr. Walsh here is trying to make it seem like, well, if you didn't know, then you didn't break the law. No, that's not the case. That is not the case at all. The question is whether or not they were allowed to be in possession of those things, of those classified compartmentalized items. The reality of the situation is, now, I don't know why or how Biden came to be in possession of top-secret compartmentalized documents from when he was a vice president. I do not know how Pence came, in, uh, came to having top-secret compartmentalized documentation from when he was vice president. I don't know how Trump... Well, I, I, we, we know more how Trump came into it because it was his... Ladies and gentlemen, and this is the central point, this right here is the central point that you will not hear any liberal discuss. They will obfuscate like this, right here. Oh, Pence didn't know, Biden didn't know, but Trump knew. Who cares if Trump knew? It doesn't matter if Trump knew. A president of the United States may unclassify and classify information at will. All he has to do 
to declassify any information, any information, is to just decide this is no longer classified. The President of the United States is the sole and ultimate authority on classification. Yes, Congress has passed laws as far as how classified documentation should be handled by those who are in possession of it. However, they may not pass any laws restricting or informing the President of the United States how he may handle it. because that violates his authority as the chief executive. The legislative branch does not have the authority to do that. Now, they might like to think they can, and they can pass a law stating that they can, but A, he doesn't have to sign it, and B, it wouldn't pass constitutional muster, more than likely. And, and, and this is a major point that you won't hear anybody talking about either. Because there are people who argue against this fact. There are people who say, well, the president can't just declassify stuff at will. Yes, he can. And the reason that he can is because nobody ever in history, ever, has challenged that power in the judiciary. It's never been challenged. And you know why it's never been challenged? Because they know that they would probably lose. There is such a thing as executive privilege. A president of the United States has executive privilege because he is the chief executive. He may be in possession of classified, top-secret, compartmentalized documentation. He is allowed to be in possession of any and all classified documentation. No bureaucrat in the National Archives, in the CIA, NSA, DEA, DIA, FBI, none of them can tell him what he can and cannot be in possession of because they all work for him. He is the final arbiter. And you will never hear a liberal even stand up to this argument. If you bring this up with a liberal, they won't even respond to you because they do not have an answer for this argument, because there is no answer to this argument. He is a chief executive, the chief executive. Any classified documentation that was classified under his administration is his to classify or declassify as he sees fit. Now to the next point. The National Archives was fully aware that he had all of these documents. They were fully aware of exactly which documents he had. 
So all of this BS about, well, they didn't know what he had. First of all, it doesn't matter if they knew it or not. It's none of their damn business. They do not have authority over the president of the United States, past or present. They don't. Neither does the FBI, which is what made that raid completely illegal. Now, if he was in possession of classified documents from Obama's administration without permission, that would be a problem. But he wasn't. Nor was he in possession of classified documentation from the current regime. It is impossible for the President of the United States to be charged or to commit a crime of mishandling classified documentation. It is impossible. He is incapable of violating that law because he is the one who decides what is and is not classified. That's, that is the real argument. And that is the argument that is very conveniently and very intentionally being avoided by this particular twit right here. So, Mr. Walsh, your argument has been destroyed right here. And now our next twit. Our next twit is Adam Schiff at R-E-P-A-D-A-M-S-C-H-I-F-F at Rep. Adam Schiff on Twitter. He says, Kevin McCarthy just kicked me and at Rep. Swalwell off the Intelligence Committee. This is pretty political, oh, I'm sorry, this is petty. Political payback. Ooh, I like the alliteration there. Not going to lie. Don't know if he did that on purpose, but I like the alliteration there. This is petty political payback for investigating Donald Trump. If he thinks this will stop me, he will soon find out just how wrong he is. I'm not making this up. This is exactly how he put this. I will always defend our democracy. Once again, a lot to go on here. A, lot, a lot's going on here. Let's take a look. All right, starting out with Kevin McCarthy just kicked me and Rep. Swalwell off the Intelligence Committee. This is petty political payback, love the alliteration again, for investigating Donald Trump. Okay, first thing, Kevin McCarthy doesn't care about Donald Trump. Kevin McCarthy doesn't even like Donald Trump. Kevin McCarthy, I'm pretty sure, hates Donald Trump. You know why? Because Kevin McCarthy is a scum-sucking, swamp-dwelling cuck rat. So he hates Donald Trump. All right? He hates all MAGA. He hates all real conservatives. He stands against everything that they stand for. He is a liar when he says he's a conservative. He, when, when they say, when the establishment says that they are conservative, they are not conservative. There is nothing conservative about these people. They are masquerading. They are liars. Okay? So Kevin McCarthy has no love for Donald Trump. 
And this isn't about that. And if Kevin McCarthy had had his way, both Adam Schiff and Swalwell would still be on the Intelligence Committees. Or be on the Intelligence Committee, I'm sorry. Singular. The reason... Okay, McCarthy was basically forced into this situation by the Freedom Caucus, by Matt Gates, And the, the reason that Swalwell was taken off of the Intelligence Committee, and keep in mind the Intelligence Committee sees bunches and bunches and bunches of classified documents from the CIA, FBI, NSA, DIA, DEA, all of those three-letter and four-letter agencies, they are privy to some of the highest secrets in our government. Defense secrets. And the reason Swalwell was taken off is because he was sleeping with Chinese hooker spies. This is not a rumor. This is not an accusation. This is objective, proven truth that he doesn't even bother denying, by the way. Swalwell was sleeping with Chinese spies. That is why he has been removed from the Intelligence Committee, is because the man is a risk, a massive security. The dude's a spy. He's compromised. He is working for the Communist Chinese. He shouldn't even be allowed to stay in the House of Representatives. He's not representing his constituents. He's representing the CCP. This guy could not get a clearance to become a dog catcher, let alone get any security clearance as a civilian to do anything. So he has no business being on the Intelligence Committee. None. He is a spy. He is compromised. As for Adam Schiff, I would say that, now I don't, you know, I, I can't say this 100%, but I would say as, as a Democrat, the man is compromised. He is certainly anti-Constitution. He is anti-American, 100% anti-American. He hates the Constitution, wants to destroy the Constitution, wants to reshape the United States into something that it was never intended to be. He is a liberal scumbag, a neoliberal scumbag, a neo-Marxist scumbag. Either way, he's a scumbag. But he abused his position on the Intelligence Committee by saying things like he was privy to information about President Trump that proves that President Trump is a criminal when he was not. No such information exists. No such intelligence exists. So he abused his position on the Intelligence Committee and therefore is unworthy to be seated 
on the Intelligence Committee. Maybe, maybe, he could get clearance enough to be a dog catcher, but I doubt it. And then this, uh, this bloviating here. If he thinks this will stop me, stop you from doing what? From abusing your power? Well, it'll definitely stop you from abusing your position on the Intelligence Committee because you don't have one anymore. He will soon find out just how wrong he is. Ooh, bum, bum, bum. And then the, this, this part, which I always, I mean, I, I hit them every time I see this on Twitter. I will always defend our democracy. And so I always come back at them every time they bring this up. When they talk about our democracy, it's not, first of all, they're not talking about our, as in the people of the United States, democracy. No, they are talking about their concept of what they would like the United States to be. And when they say democracy, they are speaking of democracy in terms of the Democratic Republic of North Korea or the Democratic Socialist Republic of East Germany. That's what they mean by democracy, first of all. But second of all, and more to the point, the United States is not a democracy. It is not a democracy. It is not a democracy. Time for a little civics lesson. And I have beaten every single liberal I have debated on this subject on Twitter. Every single one. The United States is not a democracy. The United States is not a representative democracy. No, it's not. It is absolutely not. 100% not. You know why? Because the Founding Fathers specifically wanted to avoid the United States becoming a democracy because all democracies in history devolve into some form of dictatorship. I read a very good article a long time ago. Can't remember who wrote it. But it basically pointed out that every single form of government becomes an oligarchy of some type, except a representative republic. The United States was specifically designed not to be a democracy. Rather, it was specifically designed to be a republic. Now, one of the things that I like to point out to these, and, and I do this in this manner on purpose because I want them to walk into this because and to prove that they don't know what they're talking about. I specifically point out to them that the word democracy does not appear in anywhere, anywhere in any of the founding documents. 
anywhere in any of the founding documents, nowhere. Because I want them to say, well, neither does Republican, neither does Republic, because when they say that, I've got them. It's over. And the reason that they say this is because they are just as ignorant of the founding documents as they are of everything else they pontificate on. They are clueless. And here is proof, ladies and gentlemen. Here is proof. Article 4, Section 4, the United States Constitution says this, and I quote, Through its terms, the United States makes three related assurances to the states. One, a guarantee of Republican form of government. Two, protection against foreign invasion. And three, upon request by the state, protection against internal insurrection and rebellion. The current federal government is failing on all three. All three. I'm sorry, that wasn't a quote. That wasn't a direct quote. The United States shall guarantee every state in this union a Republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion and on application of the legislature or of the executive when the legislature cannot be convened against domestic violence. That's the direct quote. Guarantee a Republican form of government. That's all in caps, by the way. That's all in capital letters. Republican, capital R, form, capital F, of government, capital G. The United States is a republic. It is not a democracy. The reason that they keep hammering our democracy, our democracy, our democracy, over and over and over again, is to get into the public's head that this is a democracy, when it is not. And the very fact that the Republicans do not come back at them is proof, is more proof that the Republicans are nothing more than controlled opposition, for the most part. The Republicans just sit there like a bunch of bitches, and I mean female dogs, and just go, yep, 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 our democracy, our democracy, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Republicans like Kevin McCarthy sit there and go, oh, yep, 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 yep. They'll even parrot it. Because for the United States to become a democracy would bring them more power. In a democracy, the majority of people can vote themselves your stuff. In a democracy, the majority can vote that slavery is legal. These things cannot or are less likely to happen, I should say, in a republic. Our founding fathers knew that, which is why they specifically avoided allowing even the word democracy 
to appear in any of the founding documents. They specifically avoided designing democracy into the United States because they knew that democracies always devolve into oligarchies. So Adam Schiff, as always, you are a liar and a loser. Thanks for playing. On to our next twit.